Welcome to the Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bubbles, and welcome back to the second Sunday after Epiphany for the week of January 15th, 2023, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to get into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because there has been a lot that has happened since the turning of the 2023 year, and as I've kind of been talking about in the last couple, that I've been working ahead, and so it's been really encouraging for me to kind of see as I released the fifth year anniversary podcast and the last two podcasts how things have been changing. If you haven't been keeping up with entirely the social media side of things, I'm going to have it now down in the description a little bit more. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook company page. We have a LinkedIn company page. We have been experimenting with having a few more posts going out throughout the week, kind of giving some teasers and kind of talking about some different things that are going on. So let me take a moment to kind of explain what is the long-term focus a little bit with some of these different pages, especially that since there are two different pages on Facebook. So let me explain. The Facebook group, what the long-term hope is, and we're not anywhere near that yet, as you'll see that there is a chat feature open so that if you wanted to contact and ask me questions directly, you can, or one of the administrators that is part of our small team, basically my wife and I, with asking some different questions. There will be the post of when the podcast goes live on Mondays. We'll have the Wonder Wednesday, which is what we're going to be calling it, kind of bringing up again the question from this last week. We have an audiogram that will go out on Fridays, kind of again giving a little bit of a teaser, kind of a highlight from that leak, along with the summary Sundays, we're calling it, kind of wrapping up, especially if you've already gone to church or going to church, being able to listen to again or remind yourself. Remember, we're using this podcast partially as also preparing ourselves for what we're going to be hearing in church that Sunday. So kind of playing into those a little bit more. The company page on Facebook will just have those, whereas the group, what I'm hoping in the long run is that we're able to have people kind of post different scientific articles or have some discussions on other scientific topics throughout the week or things that you guys are finding that are interesting. You would be amazed at how often for this podcast, it's something that I found in science that week or in the last couple weeks that are super, super interesting to me, and yet it still ties in with the scripture in which we're working in. So it's one of those things that it allows all of us to kind of work together, and I'm really excited about the interactions on what that can do. Again, like I stated, there's a LinkedIn page. Partially, that's for a few more plans further down the road, but it's also there if that's something that you're into or using feel free to follow that page on LinkedIn. Part of why I'm also bringing this up and talking about it is partially for this to kind of grow and be able to get this out. I would encourage you to at least share it with people. If there's someone who is wondering how faith and science come together, I'd really be encouraged and I'd be very thankful if you at least sent this along to them. Feel free to share this. I was trying to make this so it's a little bit easier to share different things out for people. Now, let's get into the question that we had for last week, and I had some really exciting conversations this week about this. How often, when you interact with water, do you think about your baptism and forgiveness? And I have to give a shout out 
to Will Rose, who is the pastor at Holy Trinity Lutheran Church and the Lutheran Campus Pastor at Chapel Hill in North Carolina, for giving a response that I would not have thought of at all. So I really appreciated his response where he was talking about every day how he thinks about this and brings up the quote from Luther, every time that you wash your face, remember your baptism. And looking at how, as a surfer, he looks at this text and looking at Genesis 2, how God was over the face of the earth and talking about looking at how to interact with water throughout that. And I thought that was such a unique way of looking at it. And I think, like we talked about last week, We forget about that water is used for plants to grow. We forget about how essential it is to our own bodies. We forget about then within that, the power that that is able to bring forth and be able to produce. So I think there's a lot that is within that package that water is always something to be able to come back to and dig into further. So let's just jump into the text this week. There's not a ton of text, but a lot of information to dig into. So let's just jump right into it. The Old Testament text this week is out of Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 to 7. This is a moment where Isaiah is recognizing that he's being a voice piece for God in helping the people of Israel remember that God has not forgotten them, but in fact empowered them, that God has something very important and something very important, but also something that's going to empower them. This strength that is within them to be able to rise up. And remember, this is a time where the tribe of Israel has continued to be beaten down. And it's this idea of how God is within and among us. And there's times where we have to be willing to also, where is God and being able to look for that. The psalm this week is Psalm 40, verses 1 to 11, and this kind of plays a little bit along that same theme, this idea of how God is around us. And yes, there's this fear that is can come from that because in the recognition of how powerful God is, but also recognizing all these different things that God has done for us and that it's not that God is wanting this huge thing. It's that God is doing a lot of this out of love and is wanting us to then follow, to be able to have this recognition of who God is and this relationship that God is striving for and this relationship of how God is then not just wanting a relationship, but a relationship of let me help you understand me further. The New Testament text or the epistle text is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the first nine verses. So this is the introduction into the letter that Paul is writing to Corinth. Corinth being a very important part of where Paul was seeing the ministry going and that it was a island city that was a port city and was seeing that there was a lot of potential power there, even though there was a lot of things that needed improvement within the church at that moment. But it's this idea here we get in the first few verses of how God is here through Christ to strengthen us and empower these different gifts that are within us. But it's then recognizing that God is doing that, but also us getting to that recognition point of being able to understand these gifts that God has given us. So this full practice of understanding that God is giving us these things and then spending the time to actually acknowledge and see what God is actually giving us. 
The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 1, verses 29 to 42. So this is kind of an erupt spot to be dropped into John, especially that it's only for one week here. And we have where John has just been talking to the Pharisees previously. So especially as we get this beginning here in verse 29, we have John who has we assume based off of how is recognized here has just baptized Jesus previously is recognizing how this is who I was sent here to pave the way for, to be the messenger of, and that there are people who are kind of questioning a few things, but it's Paul kind of just reiterating again and again, this is the one who is going to set forth and has been the one who has been promised. Then we get on the back half of this reading where Jesus starts calling his first disciples. And again, without stating very much, in the first half of this text, there is nothing where Jesus is speaking. When it's the calling of these disciples, that there's a little bit conversation. You So you have some of these disciples of John who are trying to figure out, you know, where are you going to stay? Where What are you doing? Jesus kind of responds with, what are you looking for? And he responds then after they're asking, where are you going to stay? He says, come and see. And then we get that this is the beginning of the calling of Simon Peter because of his brother Simeon being first there and saying, we have found the Messiah, then going and telling his brother and getting the name Cephas for his brother, which translates to Peter. So this beginning of the relationship of Peter within there also But this whole idea, again, of come and see, come and check this out, come and see what we're all about. So before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, if you do a shameless plug for Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help bring you this content, to help give me some direction on where we're going. I really enjoy not only the Working Preacher podcast, but being able to dig into some of the different commentaries, their discussions, and the historical stuff, especially now with being a little bit further ahead. I'm having to dig into some of the older podcasts, and it's great being able to have that resource there. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend that. But I'd also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I use them on a weekly basis to read all these different texts for you. I really enjoy their layout. But it also has a lot of the art, different hymns, prayers, ideas on being able to shape what is this Sunday about and being able to preview and go back to what have we covered the last few weeks. It's really, really a helpful resource. So if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I'd highly recommend that. Also, when going through these texts this week, how I looked at these texts is that you are equipped. You just have to realize what you are equipped with. And in a lot of ways, what I found super interesting about that, and especially when we get the line from Jesus being, come and see, it felt like the scientific process in a lot of ways. Because before you even get to the scientific method of things, you have to be curious. And I think this is also a moment where we're seeing the divine and the human nature coming together right at the beginning of how God is a creator, but also wanted us to be creative and curious about understanding what God has done. 
And in doing that, then you have this complexity, this moment of complexity of how go and explore what I've created so we can talk about it. Go and figure out more and more things so we can talk about it. Like any good experiment, it's there is a curiosity, there is something that we are trying to understand so that we can try to understand further than is it supporting our hypothesis or is it causing us to rethink how things are working. And in doing that, it gives us a momentum to think forward to where is our next hypothesis, where are we going, or to revise how we've thought about things. And maybe it's the new year, maybe it's just when you're talking about thinking about these different things, I thought big. I thought real big. Because if we're going to talk about things on trying to understand things and come and see, let's figure this out. Why not start with the Large Hadron Collider, which is on the border of France and Switzerland, that is over 17 miles around, and it's trying to figure out new particles and trying to figure out the Higgs boson, if that's theory has been supported. And we've seen some early evidence of, yes, that is being having some support from the LHC or Large Hadron Collider in CERN. The whole idea of being able to work with sending hydrogen atoms at 99.9% of the speed of light to collide them together in these precise measurements to be able to then see what happens and using different analytic tools to help us understand, maybe see new particles, start understanding how different things worked. Yes, it took a lot of manpower and heck, it's just gotten through its second major update and it's been starting to collide things again in late 2022. So the idea of constantly reworking, looking at things, sending out data for different people to look at. And as I was even trying to study this, there was things where people were talking about the data that we are collecting now. We might not even be able to fully understand right now or just where we're at on what we're actually collecting. That we're on such the cutting edge that there are certain parts of it we don't even know what's valuable and what's not valuable. We know some of what we're looking for, but there's other parts that right now that they may become more valuable later on. As we're trying to understand what was the basic fundamental parts of how what we know as matter works. And I think that's where the idea of having where people are saying, okay, we have had small scale of being able to do this and starting to see things, but we just aren't able to get the speed to be able to show some of these hypotheses of what we're looking at. So if we're able to work together, bring a lot of resources together and actually go through and do this, we would be able to better understand, is that not similar to John kind of foretelling what Jesus was going to do? The idea of bringing all these resources together to be able to experiment. And then it's not like John knew exactly what Jesus was going to do. He gives the indication that we are very confident in that this is the Messiah, basically. But we don't get at that moment of John saying, well, then this is how Jesus is going to do what Jesus does. We just know that this is the Messiah. This is what we've been longing for. This is the person that we've been talking about for generations. 
Let's see what he's going to do. And that's where when I look at the Large Hadron Collider, it looks like how the fundamentals of all of it coming together was basically, if we build it, let's see what happens. And now as they continue to go through and do updates and different things within that, it's okay, we've gathered this data, but if we are able to do this and we're updating it, we have the technology to now be able to capture this, now what are we going to find? Now what are we going to see? Now what can we understand? And this isn't that much different than a couple other things if we want to go from instead of on the border of Switzerland and France underground, let's go out of this world and let's look at the Webb Space Telescopes and just some of the telescopes that we've been working on currently. The Webb Telescope we talked about briefly when the data started coming out last summer and some of the first images coming back. Why were we doing this? As a person who has spent some time doing photography, what we know as the Hubble Space Telescope, there has been a lot of updates to camera technology and what you're able to do since Hubble went up. And Hubble had created some amazing images, but there was more things that we were able to do now with being able to utilize digital technology in a different way than what was able when Hubble was first launched. And so being able to send now web out into space and be able to use different technology that we had been able to do while updating our technology within how we built lenses, how we made things more precise, how we're using mirrors, what we had learned from Hubble. The images and what we're just starting to understand is tremendous. And the thing is, is that's just out in outer space. We have multiple telescopes, and we've talked about this briefly, but we have multiple telescopes that are going online here within the next decade. The extremely large telescope, the 30-meter telescope, the great Megalodon telescope throughout the world to be able to go deeper with our vision into space. Taking what a lot of these other telescopes that we have that are over a decade, most of them two to almost three decades old, taking a lot of those technologies, updating them, making them bigger, so thus we are able to have more that we can actually see, more that we can study, more that we can try to understand. Thus, come and see. Let's look deeper. Let's look further. Let's try understanding this at a new level because we have opened our eyes to the ability to be able to do that now. Being able to take these massive telescopes and be able to look further out into space, be able to see new galaxies, new stars, new novas, new supernovas that we've never seen before. Being able to better investigate ones that we've seen before, but we couldn't see with the clarity that we can now. And as we've talked about before, one of the things that actually is competing a little bit with some of these telescopes is like satellite internet, especially like Starlink and different things, as we're having more things going through our atmosphere. And it's one of the things that we're working on, especially having space rockets going up in the low space orbit and different things of that nature, how we need to be able to balance how we're going to work with these different technologies of trying to see beyond to understand deeper what has happened before and what is going on currently with being able to have some of the different connections and different things that we've become accustomed to. 
But in all these, these are amazing things to be able to help us understand more about where we are living, more about who we are within the scheme of the universe. And when we look and think, what is John testifying to? John is testifying to, this is what I know. I know that this is the one that has been promised to us. And what I know is we need to spend more time to understand what that all means. When we look at what the Apostle Paul is writing about is understanding what Christ did for us in revealing who we are. But in a bigger picture, who Christ was, which then influences who we are. In the psalm, this recognition of, wow, look at all these things that God does and God still wants to share more with us. That is not holding back. That God is trying to be in and amongst us. And recognition and affirming that idea in Isaiah that God hasn't forgotten us. God hasn't forgotten Israel at this moment. In fact, I have special plans for you. You will someday understand this. But at this moment, you're not seeing it. But trust There is more that is coming. There is things that are happening. There is things that are going to revitalize you. How many times within our own lives can we relate to these? We're not the same people that we were five years ago, especially with what we've gone through. We're not the same people we were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. We are constantly changing. We are constantly evolving our understanding of who we are, evolving our understanding of what life is about. Constantly understanding and evolving in what are things that are important to us? What are things that are less important? And it's one of the beautiful things like with looking at a child is they understand that. John is pointing us to recognize that there was a moment where he is calling humanity, calling the Pharisees to quit with This is what the establishment has been, and this is what we believe that God is about. And he's saying, God is right there in your midst. Go and spend time with God. Go and understand so that you can better understand who God is, not just constantly be looking back on who God was. Because yes, understanding who God was is important to understanding who God is now, but it's also those two combined help you understand who God is moving us to understand God to be. I think these are things where the curiosity of us continuing to pursue God is so important. And it's that curiosity to help us understand what God has created this place that we live in that is also super important and major to us understanding what all of this is about. As we are in this season of epiphany of recognizing the light of who Christ is, I think it's also the recognition of us acknowledging the beauty of God's creation around us, be it being able to use new technology to look further, to look deeper, to understand more and more of what God is doing, or being able to go underground and trying to understand the physics of the basic fundamentals of who we are is vital to helping us understand how amazing this God is that we have and how important it is that God is wanting to have this relationship with us, that God cares about us, but also how important it is for us to have that curiosity. 
So the question I have for you this week is when has your curiosity allowed you to look beyond where you're at? When has your curiosity allowed you to look beyond where you're at? And that could be looking forward or taking your curiosity to help you understand what has come before you. Because I think both are important, but I think it also means we can't get fixated on one direction. We have to understand our past to help inform where we're actually going. But we can't get obsessed with where we're going to not appreciate where we're at and where we've been. And I think there's times within the body as a church, we get obsessed at different stages. And that gets difficult. And I think there's times within life we do that. I distinctly remember as a short aside, when I was a teenager, constantly the idea of, I wish I had my driver's license so I could drive. I wish I was 18 so that, you know, I could graduate and go to college. And I wish I was this, you know, wish I was that. And I remember my dad stating with the wisdom that a father or wisdom that a parent can say to someone is don't get obsessed with just constantly reaching towards something to not appreciate where you are. Because there are things that you're going to be able to do right now that you won't be able to do later. And I think that's one of the things that we can easily be doing that or we can easily be, I know over Christmas break, I got talking with one friend of mine, a close friend of mine, and my wife was with me and she stated afterwards, Tyler, the whole time you didn't really talk a lot about like where you're at now or where you're going. You constantly referred back to when you were in high school. He's a great friend, and he's a bud that I've had for a long time. But it's also one of those moments where I got obsessed with looking back instead of looking at where we're at and forgetting the blessings of what was going on currently. Being so grasped with the romanticizing of what I've gone through and knowing that I made it through that I lost sight of where we're going. The Pharisees, in a lot of moments there, were doing that exact thing. And here's John is trying to steer people to seeing what is right in front of them. To be actually able to see what has been promised for generations and where is that going to lead us. Help us to understand who God is as God comes near to us. And I think as we are in the world today, we are still looking at God being near to us. And how do we see that? How do we look for that? And how do we recognize that? And I think in a lot of ways, it's the curiosity that was within us from the start. And I think that helps steer us to understanding who God has made us to be, but also a small part of who this God is that we follow. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.